Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Do you feel like it's hard to find scholarships for PT school? That's why we started the Gratitude Scholarship to help SPTs just like you, whether you're at an accredited school, you were on academic probation for not getting a B, whether you're first year, second year, third year, it does not matter. Good thing is, all you need to be is a current student physical therapist. Check out how you can support, share, and apply with a link in the description. Welcome everyone to another episode of Gratitude and for today on the podcast, we have Alex and we are so excited for you to come on. Um, he is a fellow podcaster and SPT. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, not a problem. I, I appreciate you inviting me on. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're really excited about it. And for the people who don't know who you are, can we get a little background, like what got you into PT in the first place and where are you at now in your journey? Yeah, so I am a third year student right now. I was a strength and conditioning coach prior to PT school. So most recently I was working in baseball with the Kansas City Royals. And at the time I was a young coach and I just felt very replaceable, if that makes sense. And I was in close contact with the physical therapists on staff. And I've seen them in the past when I was working in college. And I was always intrigued by it. But to me, like when I thought of physical therapy, I thought it was what I saw. It's the PTs working with athletes. You're working in a college setting, a pro setting. And I knew that it extended into the hospitals and there was other settings you could be in. But I really had no idea about the profession until I got into school. But I knew that I always wanted to do sports performance and that's what I plan to get back to anyways. But, um, but yeah, so it was my second year with Kansas city and I decided like, you know what, I think I'm going to try this. Like I want to go back and just try be, try to be a more well-rounded sports medicine professional. If that's kind of how you want to look at it. And so I had to take a couple prereq classes, which weren't fun, but you know, that's my, some of my prereqs were a little bit out of date. So I had to take some of those. And then I just started applying to schools, did some observation hours and ended up getting accepted to a few schools, but I accepted a seat at Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm on, I was supposed to be at, I was probably supposed to sit for the July boards, which would have been like today or yesterday, but that all got pushed back with COVID. And so now I sit in, at the end of October and we graduated December. And I'm in my last clinical rotation right now at ProMotion Physical Therapy here in Winchester. And that's that's pretty like gen pop, but they also have a sports performance side, which is perfect for me because that like leads perfectly into my graduation and kind of what I want to do. So getting that experience right now is pretty clutch. Um, and yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm just slowly kind of started studying for boards right now, like last week and, you know, shaking the cobwebs a little bit, but um. But yeah, that's where I'm at, doing it all um, with a three-year-old daughter and a wife, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Okay, so we got to go backtrack a little bit. So did you have your daughter in the beginning of PT school? I, I did. She was seven months old when I started, and I was already used to, like, no sleep, 
at that point. And so just dumping a PT curriculum on top of it, it wasn't fun, but I wasn't too affected because I didn't sleep to begin with. So I just studied and I was able to figure it out, you know, but, um, yeah, I used to laugh at people in my class that were obviously younger than me. I was a little bit older and they would complain about only getting like 10 hours of sleep. And I'm like, (laughs) if you only knew what I went through last night, you, (laughs) but anyways, but yeah, so it was, um, it was a challenge, but like, again, I was a little bit older and you know, you just figure it out and make it happen. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. I just, I keep it simple, but yeah, it, it was, it was a challenge for sure, but doable. You know, I did it and had a supporting wife. She understood, you know, I, I kind of told her, look, just let me kind of do what I need to do here. It's not going to be fun for either of us, but it's going to be over three years and it's going to be worth it. And she's cool about it. You know, would you so. say that the didactic portion was more challenging in terms of like time management with a child and a family compared to like your clinical portion? Um, that's tough. They both have their own challenges. I would say the didactic was tougher for sure. Just because as you both know, just the, the volume of material that we have to take in is it's just like on another level. And so and it didn't happen too often, but like on the exam days where we had two exams and like two different subjects, those were the toughest because it, I never felt ready for either one on those days, but I would just do as much as I possibly could. And so it was a lot of, the, the time management actually was better because when I have more on my plate, like there is no time for, you don't find an excuse to do other things with your time. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're under, when you're under the gun, at least for me, when I'm under the gun, like I can lock in and, and really be efficient with my time. So if anything, it helped, but it was not easy at all. And the, the exam days where we had two on one day, like two different subjects, those were by far the worst. I was up, I mean, I, you know, I was up very late studying and cramming and doing everything I could just to pile it in and, you know, do my job. But yeah, it was, it was definitely harder than, than I would say what I'm doing right now at the clinical for sure. Yeah, that's incredible because like you said, when you have, you know, so much on your plate and it just feels like you're in, um, you know, overdrive until you get a break and kind of tell us now with COVID, did you miss uh, time during your clinical Um, and how has it been just to like slow down and have a little bit more time? Yeah, so I was in my second so we have, at Shenandoah, we do three full times. I'm sure most programs probably do that. I was at the tail end of my second one, which would have been mid-March. I had, it was a 12-week rotation. I had 10 weeks completed, and we all got pulled. So I only missed two weeks um, of that rotation, and that was inpatient in the hospital. So, And so then my third one was supposed to start in April, and that got pushed, that got pushed back to mid-July. And so CAPTI reduced the 30-week requirement to only 28 weeks now, right? So I only have 10 weeks left. So I'm doing that last 10 week right now. Yeah, so the downtime, right, that's when I really, I kind of got back to my strength and conditioning roots, did a lot of reading, a lot of networking with just a lot of the people I've met in that field. And because now I'm starting to like hone in on what I really want to do. It's not, I'm not just checking boxes anymore. It's like I'm trying to put myself in the right position and be in contact with the right people to you know, once I graduate, I can start moving in that direction. And so I got back to a lot of that and started the podcast. I knew that I always kind of wanted to do, I don't want to say start my own business, but do some type of like content producing type 
you know, thing with the, the social media and all that. And so, yeah, that's when I decided to start the podcast, got back to some, like I said, to some strength and conditioning roots, networked with a lot of people, read a lot, and just tried to make the most out of that time. And I did. I had a lot of extra time with my daughter um, and my wife and um, was active with all that. And so, you know, didn't really lose in the grand scheme of things, didn't really lose too much clinical time other than those two weeks of inpatient. Um, and then two weeks on this last one, but you know, we're at the point, like my class, we're at the point now where it, it would have helped, I'm sure. But like two weeks at this point is not going to make that. It's not going to make or break the clinic I'm at right now. It's high volume, high pace. And that's what I like to be honest with you. That's kind of what I thrive in. That's how I learned the best. And so it's just, it's, it's nonstop and I'm learning a lot each day. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with how everything's turning out. And you briefly mentioned the podcast in there. So what inspired you or motivated you, whatever, to start your podcast? Tell us a little bit about it and what you guys chat about. Yeah, so it's called the Performance Rehabilitation and Strength Training Podcast. And I know the name is not fancy, but like I spent time trying to think of like some catchy name. And I, it's like they're all, all the good ones are taken. And I have a very black and white personality as it is. So I'm like, I just broke it down. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Performance rehab and strength training. So that's literally just what I named a podcast, right? Um, but yeah, so during this whole, like I said, with the COVID and the downtime, it's something that I kind of thought about doing. And with everything pushed back, like my graduation, my clinicals, <clears throat> I literally had like three extra months of just like literally nothing. So I'm like, if I'm going to do it, now's the time. And so I just kind of figured out how to do it, like how to record, how to edit, how to promote it, how to all this stuff. I had no idea, like zero, how to do any of that stuff. But um, it's like everybody, like a lot of people are doing it. So it's, it's not impossible. Right. And so, so it just, that's what motivated me to do it was this extra time. And so I reached out to a lot of people in the strength and conditioning field that I knew both PTs, chiros, strength coaches it's it's really everything sports medicine sports performance like that's the platform and um i ended up getting close to 30 episodes recorded during that whole the whole pandemic and i'm just going to kind of slowly post them like once every two weeks or so something i can keep up with but but yeah um i'm on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts um and i, I have my website too it's agprst.weebly.com you can find all of my information all my socials podcast info on there as well if you wanted to but yeah it's it's really sports performance sports medicine a lot of strength coaches a lot of physical therapists a couple chiropractors um and then just exercise physiologists really anything exercise and performance based is is the platform for that i love it i'm excited to hear you know as you grow and what it becomes after you graduate are you thinking it's going to continue for post-graduation and maybe transform or what are you thinking so far? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, the goal isn't to like make money or for it to pop off. Like that's not my goal at all. I just want to talk to people. Honestly, it's like, it's just a good way to meet people. Like what we're doing right now, it's you meet people that, sh that I like never would have conversations with, but like I just reach out to people and it's whether it's through a mutual connection or not. And a lot of times people are just willing to come on because we share the same passion for like whatever. And we just have a, a normal, good conversation. And like, that's what I love about it. And just to be able to share that is, I think is pretty cool. You know, I'm actually enjoying it more than I thought I would. And I'll definitely keep up with it. And 
it, it, like I said, it's really, it really doesn't feel like work. It's, it's actually fun for me. So I'm definitely going to keep it going, you know, well past graduation. And if there's ever a time where I'm kind of over it or whatever, maybe I'll stop it. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. And if it grows, it grows, you know, but um, I've gotten good feedback so far from, you know, listeners and the, some of the guests that I've had on, they've shared it with, you know, with their mutual connections and they've gotten good feedback. So, I mean, as long as I know that it's something people find useful or beneficial to them, like I'll always keep doing it because I'm all about, you know, sharing the wealth, whatever you want to call it. But like really the whole premise behind it is like what I say, and it's, I mean, I didn't make this up. This is from a lot of different, you hear this from a lot of different people in regard to sports performance, but it's like bridging the gap between rehab and sports or athletics and performance. Like, and that's where like the strength and conditioning starts to get integrated and stuff like that. And so, you know, I guess you could call that a kind of like a niche or whatever, but you know, I just think that it's some of the people, some of the guests that I've had on there and some of the, the conversations we've had, I think they're just valuable for other people to, uh, they're interested in that for other people to listen to. No, that's huge. And just like you said, to really connect people and have the conversations and it's fun. And uh, it's, yeah. it's definitely just a stress relief from school as you can, as you probably know. And when so after graduation, um, are you hoping, obviously we talked about continuing the podcast, but are you hoping to open your own sports performance, like with PT and sports performance combined? Um, or what are your thoughts in regards to that? Yeah. So honestly, I have a, like, my mind is just going a lot of different directions. Part of me wants to get back into baseball and I may pursue that. Part of me definitely wants to pursue opening my own practice and kind of do my own thing, sports performance related PT, like you mentioned. And at this point, I'm keeping all doors open, you know, to be honest. I'm considering residency, like a sports residency after graduation, which that wouldn't start until the following, about a year from now, exactly. Like August 1 is usually the start date for those. And so in the meantime, I would be working in the right, in the right setting, uh, you know, for me at that time, but, but yeah, I'm open to anything at this point. And as I've kind of progressed through the PT journey, I'm continuing to meet more people like me or that kind of share the same vision as me, whatever you want to call it. And so I know that I'm, that's only going to continue, you know, I'm only going to continue as I grow, I'm going to meet more people. And, um, but yeah, I, you know, for right now, it's hard to say, but all doors are open and I can do one or the other or both. I'm just, I'm just excited to get out and kind of get on my own and start doing like some specifics, you know, something specific to what I want to do. It's an exciting place to be. You have options. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, and to get back to baseball, I'd love to know what, how did you get into that when you were doing strength and conditioning in the first place? Like, how did you find that baseball job and how did you get it and what was it like yeah so I've, I've been a baseball guy my whole life I played in college I went to IUP Indiana University of Pennsylvania so that's where I played in uh, Western PA and then after that I signed as a free agent I played three years of independent professional baseball and I played up until I was 25 and then I went back and got my master's degree I was a GA back at IUP with the baseball team and that's like, once baseball was done, that's when I was forced to kind of be like, all right, like, so now what? Cause up until then it was just like, I wanted to play baseball and take that as far as I could. 
And once my career was over, I had to really figure out what I was going to do with life. And that's when I started leaning towards strength and conditioning. And I started trying to, you know, take the right steps to, you know, put myself in the, in the right position to, to get a job in that profession. Because it's tough. It's a tough profession. A lot of travel, a lot of long hours. The pay is not great. But, yeah, like, I loved it. I didn't care at the time. I was young, single. So I got into strength and conditioning. I did my first intern, internship with Pitt, University of Pittsburgh. Spent about four months there, and then I took another internship position at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And after that second one, that's when I started getting pretty comfortable with just myself as a coach. And I was just kind of like, all right, am I going to take another internship? Am I going to look for a GA position, like another GA position? Like, what am I going to do here? And I said, you know what? I'm just going to apply to some baseball jobs because I loved I, I knew the sport from a player's side. So I knew just in my mind, if I know it from that end, I can be a good, that's going to make me a better coach on the strength and conditioning side of things. And so had no connections, like no, I didn't know anybody uh, with any MLB organizations, but they have a a website and a job board, the professional baseball strength and conditioning coach society. So I just got popped online and whoever had an open job, I applied. And I told myself, I don't care if it's the Yankees, Pirates, whoever, like if somebody offers me a job, I'm taking it. And I just started getting calls back and everybody that interviewed, interviewed me was, or like you had a phone interview first. They were just like, yeah, you played like anybody can get their CSCS and know the X's and O's of strength and conditioning. Like everybody's done an internship at some division one school, but like having played is what like they said, like, this is why we're calling you. So, and that's kind of what I was hoping you know, to kind of set me apart a little bit. And so I was talking to like six different teams and the Royals offered me the job first and I was sold. So, I I mean, I didn't even have to think about it. I just took the job and I was fortunate because that was in 14. That was for the 14 season and they went to the world series that year and won it the next year. So I got a couple of rings out of the deal too, which is pretty nice. But, um, but yeah, the, the experience overall was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, professional baseball, with, with with that organization, they were first class from top to bottom. Um, and it's just a lot of learning on the fly. There were still some new things to learn in that setting, but a lot of travel. But again, I, I knew how that was as a player. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was great. I met a lot of great people, a lot of guys I still talk to today, players and coaches, front office staff. I mean, you name it. I, it, was, it was a very, at that level, you know, there's like one goal. And everybody's going the same direction. There's no time for – there's really no time for anything else other than to just work, work, work every day towards towards that World Series title. And it's just there's so many moving parts within the organization. Um, and just to be a, a little, little part of that was, was pretty cool. And, I'll, again, it, it's just kind of who I am, baseball guys, sports performance. So that's – I'm probably going to try and get back into baseball on the PT side of things like PT strength hybrid, but um, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, that experience was awesome. Um, wouldn't trade it for anything. So were you on the field? I guess I'm wondering for the work hours that you kind of had, were you on the field with them? Were you in practice with them? Were you kind of all over? And yeah, what was it, the setup like? Yeah, so pretty much all of it, long hours, a lot of weird hours and a lot of long hours, but I was a minor league strength coach. So during spring training, like 
there was nine of us total from big league to rookie ball, like and everything in between. There was nine strength coaches, um, one for each, for each level. And so during spring training, we work with like everybody, every, every player in the organization was like 240 ish players. And we work with all of them at all levels, rookies to triple A and even some of the big league guys. But then once spring training breaks, everybody, each player is assigned to an affiliate. So the guys that get drafted in June, they all go to rookie ball. There's a couple of different rookie affiliates. Some will stay in Arizona at the complex and like that's a rookie affiliate as well. And then you have low A, high A, double A, triple A. And the players are all assigned to one of those levels based off their status and how long they've been in the organization, um, you know, things like that. And so each coach gets sent to an affiliate. And so my first year I was in a short season rookie ball affiliate. And so in spring training, it's very different schedule. It's like I got in the office at like 5 a.m., sometimes before 5. I get my own workout in. We would start at 6. And we would just go all day long, sometimes not be done till six-ish that night. Um, so long days. But then once spring training break, camp breaks, and things die down a little bit, it's, you know, the games are at 7 o'clock that night, 1 o'clock on a Sunday. But we're at the field at noon, usually, most every day. And guys are getting the workouts in. They have their field work. Um, pitchers throw bullpens. And they get their conditioning and their lifts in. Position players get their lifts in. Then we have BP any type of field work that the position players need to get in. They do, you know, all early afternoon. And then we have our pregame guys eat, come back, they eat, shower, whatever. And then we start getting ready for the game. They have a pregame meal. Any, then I would kind of roll in with the athletic trainer and help him in the training room. If he needed any, any help guys coming in, getting some stretching, some tiger tail work, whatever he needed. I, I was in there to help. And then the game starts at seven and then I'm in the dugout and it's kind of, again, if guys need a quick stretch, they're going to pinch hit or whatever. I'm, I'm kind of there for that. The trainer's obviously there for like somebody goes down on the field. Um, but like if a pitcher, whenever a pitcher comes out of the game, I would take them underneath the stadium and start, we do a little flush work on a bike or sometimes they'd even get a lift in. I would take them through their, um, their arm care after their outing. And so then, yeah, then after the game, you know, shut it down, clean the gym up, make sure everything's set up. I get my whiteboard get the lifts ready for the next day and, you know, show up and do it again the next day. So a lot of moving parts, but um, yeah, definitely weird hours, but it, again, I loved it. That's because I'm a baseball guy and I just, I loved being there. Yeah. I think this is really great for anyone who's interested in baseball or wants to figure out like, Hey, where, where do I even start? Um, if I want to move up the ranks and have the experience, especially with a PT background and a lot of students have their CSCS. So this is really valuable information. And it's so cool that you were, you know, a part of the team and able to, you know, be in the dugout, like be at the games and really connect with the guys, um, like you said, who you still have relationships with. So that is amazing that you've had that experience. Yeah, yeah it was um, definitely fortunate. And, um, yeah, I, you know, if, if anybody wants to get into pro sports, a lot of people kind of say they want to, I don't, and if you really do, that's great, but just understand that you're going to have to work hard to get there. And it's not, it's not all the glit and glamor that's kind of made out to be you. There are no weekends. You really don't get a vacation ever, especially if you're in baseball, like people go to the beach in the summer and they have their summer vacations. Like, you don't get that because baseball that's that's in season right 
your vacation time is like in the fall around the holidays. That's kind of when you have some time to yourself. Um, but again, it, it, it's not for everybody, but it is for some people. And if, if, if anybody, any of your listeners, like, you know, kind of want to get into that setting, even college, college is the same type of schedule, same demands. Highly recommend just email every single person that you, that you can in those settings and ask to go shadow or to do a rotation there, volunteer your time to go see what it's really like. That's the only way you're really going to know kind of what you're getting yourself into. Um, but yeah, again, I, I was fortunate to to be offered that job and I made the most out of every, every second of it. I knew I was lucky. And so, um, you know, I tried to, tried to grow as much as I could, you know, in my time there as, as a strength coach and definitely a lot of lessons that I still use from that time that I have with me today, just from the people I met and learned and learned from in that setting. You know, a lot of good people. So yeah, it was awesome. And for school, did you have a class like a sports PT or like baseball education session? I don't know, guest lecture or something. Did you have something like that that was really interesting in PT school? And if not, where did you maybe find some other information on PT and baseball? We didn't have any baseball related type. We really didn't have any sports like, you know, speakers or anything really. Um, any sports performance type type things in in my PT curriculum, but just having seen the PTs and or the athletic trainers in in baseball, I still kept in contact with some of those guys. And I, I reached out to them and asked them like like what did you do to get into your position? What do you recommend? And they all pretty much across the board did a sports residency, and some of those guys even did the upper extremity fellowship after their after their residency. Um, but they did some, their schools had rotations with like the Brewers, the, I forget what other team, but a couple organizations, they actually had rotations with them. Shenandoah did not. And I, I mean, I probably, I might've been able to get a contract with the organization, but at the same time, like I already did all that. Like I already traveled. I already saw how they operate. I didn't want to go to Arizona or Florida and like leave my family as I was in school. So my clinical rotations were a little different how I had to pick and choose. Um, but yeah, just having the contacts that I made when I was with Kansas city and all of those guys were with different organizations now. So I can kind of see how different organizations do things, which is kind of nice. Um, but I just kept in contact with them. I reach out to them all the time and um, you know, they, they kind of, they're kind of laying out a nice blueprint for me. If, if I'm serious about getting back into it. But as far as PT school is concerned, we really didn't have any sports performance or strength and conditioning type stuff, which I was actually surprised. I thought that that was going to be, or at least exercise science. Outside of histo, we really had like no exercise science, anything. So um, it was just basically what I've already had in my, with my other grad degree and what I've done with strength and conditioning is really only, I'm just thankful for that experience because I can take all that. And when I'm working with people in the clinic now, like I use all that stuff, all the strength and conditioning, foundational principles and things like that um and it's helped me it's been huge for my exercise like for my therax because um I'm, I'm just able to i'm just able to take somebody whoever whatever level you're at i can just take them and go and show them some correctives or some foundational work whatever they need and i can just make adjustments on the fly so it's been huge for me in that regard 
that was going to be my next question. You are a mind reader because yeah. that's the thing, right? Therex and PT school isn't always what people anticipate. Um, I know for me, it's not what I expected either. I was expecting no. a lot more. Yeah. It's not always yeah. three sets of 10 and that's just, that irks <laughs> me so much. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it was in my PT school notes and I'm like, they yeah anyway we don't have to go down that rabbit hole but yeah the simple yeah, that's a that's a whole episode right there <laughs> it's a whole episode. clamshells and ultrasound it's like yeah i don't know about that but yeah it's yeah, so true um, but yeah but our therex yeah like everybody else um it was not what i expected and i'm just thankful that i have my background because I, I, that's what i use to prescribe exercise nothing really what i've learned um a couple good things biomechanic wise but you know as far as exercise selection and why and when and progress regress all that stuff you know I'm just my background is what dictates that for me at this stage so yeah and my last question for in terms of like education because I think it's really fascinating when we have people who came from a strength and conditioning background it's great to see a different perspective um, because you do take a lot of your past experiences to use that in the clinic. And I think that's amazing. Um, but for PT school in general, what do you think was maybe the most helpful thing that you learned that you actually use in the clinic? Or maybe kind of, I don't know, I have a little twist on your strength and conditioning background. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I would say just joint mechanics and kind of taking like the inside out approach, you know, understanding the articulation sites and kind of, I want to say given, giving patients like the mechanical capacity to move, like, you know, kind, kind of, so I, like I have my strength and conditioning, like here's what I want to do with you. Here's how I want to get you there once you can move well, but now I, but I need to get you to move well first. So that's where the PT spin has helped me a lot. It's, regardless of the technique whatever manual technique if it's even necessary but it's like understanding that you know you can't unless you have the mechanical function and the motor control to move appropriately my strength and conditioning experience or what i want to do with you doesn't mean anything so that's that's what pt school has given me is i can like i can do any I can like hit both ends of the spectrum and everything in between and that's really the reason I didn't I didn't really realize this until like all this COVID stuff happened and I was able to network with other people but like that's where I can kind of leverage some things like that's where I have some value in myself and like when you mentioned about am I going to open up my own um, my own clinic someday like that that reason is why I'm considering it is because you know I'll be able to offer some things that a lot of other PTs just don't have experience in. And so, um, but yeah, bridging that gap and my whole, my whole content base and everything, that's where, that's where PT has helped me a lot. That's amazing. And it's just, it's so good to hear, like we said, another perspective and to have that, especially for the patients that you currently are treating and in the future. But for advice, so our last question is advice. What advice would you give for a PT student right now? Um, I would say I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and get deep a little bit. Not I'm gonna not try and get too deep. But 
I would say like, just don't be afraid to be you. Right. I'm going to go into that a little bit. So like understand who you are as a person and what you want to accomplish. Right. If you kind of get that and you know, like what direction you want to take your career or your life or whatever, like don't wait for anybody to tell you how to do it. Just do it. Like figure things out on your own, fail a little bit. But like, once you learn how to depend on yourself, like that's when you start to become, I don't want to say dangerous, but like that's when you start to become very efficient or as like a, as a person, as a clinician, as in anything, really, that's when you start to become like people are going to start taking notice to you. And that's at least like, I look at myself as a future employer someday. Like I want somebody that doesn't care if they screw up. They're just going to try and make something happen. You know what I'm saying? So like my advice for any current PT student is like, if you really want something, like just go get it, make it happen, make the calls, take it upon yourself and really don't wait for anybody to kind of lead you in the right direction. And a lot goes into that, like being efficient with your time, you know, like if your favorite football team's playing for three hours on a Sunday, like your time may be better spent using those three hours to put you in the right position to move forward with your career stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot goes into that, but it's really just, um, be your own person and just be brave enough to just kind of take charge and, and take control of your own future. Great advice. A lot of students definitely needed to hear right yeah, now. It's, yeah. I mean, especially now with COVID and that that's the thing that didn't sit well with me. And it's like, I get it. Like COVID affected every single person in the world. And I'm not going to sit here and be selfish and say like, I should have graduated on time. It's not that at all, but it's like, it's still hard to hear just like, you're not graduating till December now. And you just, it's just for like a little bit, I was just kind of like, I was so mad. But then after, you know, once the emotion kind of clears and I understand that like, the, like COVID is much more serious and much more, much bigger than anything about me or, or my program. But um, that was great advice. And I do want to actually get to that point because so many students right now, they can get so angry and frustrated about, quote unquote, what COVID has caused, like, in their life. And I, yeah. and I understand, like, you're allowed to have those feelings, but not long term. Like you said, you could sit there and be salty constantly that you didn't graduate on time, that it caused your graduation yeah. to be delayed. How many months? Like four months. Four months. Yeah. yeah you could take that one way and say this sucks and it's always going to suck or you take it the way you yeah. did and you started a podcast you connected to other people and here you are on a podcast <laughs> is this yeah, your know, first right? podcast you've been on i forgot I'm to, just ask. Gonna tell you yeah this is the first one i've been on but like when i'm on your end it's just like i'm firing questions i'm taking notes but like you got me going a little bit here like pressure's <laughs> on me a little bit <laughs> It's Friday. It's all good. For people who want to reach out to you, where can they do that? What would be the best place? Yeah, so probably Instagram. Uh, my my handle is PRST underscore PT. And that's the same handle on Twitter. And um, I have a Facebook page, uh, Performance Rehabilitation and Strength Training page. And then again, my website, agprst.weebly.com. You can find my podcast info on there, all my socials, you know, all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm not as active right now, especially with clinics starting up and studying for boards. I'm not as quite as active on Instagram, but every time I post a new podcast episode, I make sure I get it on there for anybody that's interested in listening to the episode. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Alex. And I'm sure we yeah. will chat soon. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous.